You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Listen, the ship is in danger. We have been caught in a 30-minute time loop. And every second that you doubt me brings us all closer to death. Intruder alert. Shots fired. Want him locked down. Drive overload critical. Wait! Go, go, go! Make yourselves at home. I have. Another episode of I'm a Doctor, not a podcast, Cinema Geekly's Star Trek podcast. It is Anthony Lewis, along with Ben Knight, the Chief Petty Officer and the Fleet Admiral, but Aurora is on assignment. I, you know what, I should have went with a, a, an away mission, because that's actually apt. Well, she is away. She is. And she it's, is on a uh, mission. Black Ops, we, we can't discuss it. <laughs> No, no, no! It's a section thirty-one. All I'm saying is that there was there was a black polar neck involved, and not polar neck. Uh, yeah, I, I fucked it up. Uh, <laughs> a black roll neck involved. We'll edit that. It's fine. Sure. Uh, <laughs> that's our. I don't know uh, what I'm talking about. That's our. That's our. That's our strong suit uh, on the show is is editing out all of the mistakes and leaving you, you and I both went to the same podcast production uh, course, didn't we? That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, we're all about perfection here, Ben, and mm-hmm. uh, normally I do this later, but it's such a great segue, it's something else we're known <laughs> for. Uh, what better way to celebrate perfection, Ben, than with a Star Trek Borg Cube mini-fridge? <laughs> because the Borg are obviously always striving for perfection, are they not? And uh, uh, They are. And I, I think I now need a link to this. Uh, I'm looking for it as we speak. You can. Uh, it's from the fine folks over at Think Geek who are sponsoring the podcast each and every week. And you can get your Star Trek stuff from cinemageekly.com slash thinkgeek. Or if you go to cinemageekly.com and click the Think Geek link at the top of the page. I am looking right now at the Star Trek Borg mm-hmm. Cube mini fridge. And wait, uh, wait, wait. It's 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 40% off right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 80, I mean, it's eighty nine ninety nine, which is still kind of expensive you can only fit nine cans of of soda into this mini fridge but number one it's a board cube number two it glows green and number three it's got a healing uh healing it's got a heating and a cooling option that's what i've always wanted yeah yeah yeah. so i mean you don't have to put drinks in there wait 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 there's a green inside light as well indeed yes wow that's everything every like Borg fan has ever wanted, really. I would imagine. Well, it's a it's a thermoelectric cooler that relies on the uh, Peltier effect, I believe. That's right. Very sciencey. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it does not. I do not believe that it assimilates your food or drink while encased in the fridge. 
unfortunately, I mean, I don't know. Actually, that I would imagine that would result in several lawsuits. Actually, uh, <laughs> if you put your drinks in and then they came out as something different, uh, I imagine that would in fact result in a lot of court cases. But I don't think it does that. So it it isn't completely canon, uh, but it does look like uh, a board cube. And if you don't want that and your budget's a little lower for fourteen ninety nine, and that's a whopping 50% off, you could also have the Star Trek transporter pad LED coaster. I mean, sure. I, I don't really know what it is that you want in your life if it's not those things, but you know, I don't understand you. I kind of do want the mini fridge for like just... Yeah, I do to, too. Just to put like next to the desk uh, yeah. if I need something to drink in between uh, recording podcasts. We've got a lot of really wealthy listeners. Let's ask them nicely. Hey, you guys. That's right. Come on. Why is this? Why not? Sure. Go on. Um, or, or the Star Trek electronic door chime. Okay, we've, we've fallen down a think geek hole. We did. We don't want to do yeah. that, by the way. We will spend all... <laughs> there is a lot of cool things to get. We suggest you go to cinemageekly.com slash thinkgeek to get them. But enough of uh, enough of think geek star trek it's time to talk about actual star trek on television uh, as we speak star trek discovery season one episode seven uh in their quest to i think they've given up on getting like the longest star trek episode title but i feel like <laughs> they are going for the record of series with the most long titles yeah because they've got a lot. Next week is also another long title, but this week is episode seven called Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad, and here's what happened in it. Uh, while attending a crew party, Burnham and Tyler are called to the bridge to deal with an endangered uh, space creature, a space whale. Do we remember what the space whale was called? I'll, I, it had a, It definitely had a name, and they said it way more than once, but it had the the when it opened its mouth it looked like the demogorgon from stranger things and uh that's all i kept thinking of is it had demogorgon oh, face kind of did didn't it like i've seen a hmm. lot of creatures with like that demogorgony like uh plant like opening where it's got a million teeth and stuff uh it's a space whale i wish i remembered what it was called i'll look it up in a minute uh the gormagander there we go gormagander Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. Because the name sounded like something straight out of like Harry Potter. Yeah, that sounds like something that would have been in like Fantastic. Like Ollivander, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mister Gormagander's wands. He's like the competitor to Mister Ollivander. <laughs> it's kind of when you've gone off brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so they uh, they bring the ship uh, aboard. Uh, they bring the creature aboard Discovery. Uh, I guess it's endangered and part of. Uh, Discovery's uh, or Starfleet's job is to to rescue these endangered animals, so they bring it aboard. And when the creature is brought aboard, it is revealed to be carrying a person, Harcourt Fenton Mud. He's back. He's escaped the Klingon prison ship, and he plans to kill Captain Larka and sell the ship to the Klingons. But when he is caught, he blows up the ship instead. Time returns to the party earlier with Burnham and Tyler called to the bridge once again. They are intercepted by Stamets, who is aware that they are in a time loop, and due to his interactions with the Ripper DNA, he seems to be sort of existing a little, maybe not existing outside of it, but he is aware that it's happening. 
Uh, over several time loops, Stamets works with Burnham and Tyler to find a solution to the problem while Mud gets further in his plan each time. They eventually convince Mud that he is one, and he ends the time loop. Preparing to receive a boarding party of Cleons, Mud is instead confronted by his beloved Stella and her father, whom he had uh, stolen her dowry from. Uh, they take Mud away. Stamets reveals to Burnham uh, and Tyler that in one of the time loops they had danced together and kissed. So that is a flowering relationship. Ben, what did you think mm. of uh, this 2017 remake <laughs> of Cause and Effect? Well, there you go, yeah. I mean, that's, that was the very first thing I was going to say. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not much in the way of originality here, and I had my first, oh, hell no moment of this uh, this season, mm-hmm. I'm afraid. Uh, I It passed, but when um, Mud turns up with the device on his wrist and we have that fantastic bit of um, derivative dialogue setting out exactly what must have happened up until now that you did not see on camera, mm-hmm. um, which was a little painful even by the original series standards. Sure. Um, it then within that explanation to refer to the device on his wrist simply as a time crystal. Um, oh yeah, that that's some I pure TOS just, stuff. Oh, I just wanted to puke. Uh but <laughs> oh lordy. I mean no, it was fucking terrible though. Um but once you get past that and the the panto villain nature of mud, which you just have to come to terms with, don't you? Um uh, it do you know it one thing I will say about this, it's the first time we've had an episode that felt like it fitted somehow more sensibly into the, the, the wider timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, something about the, the costumes for the other characters, so um, Stella and yes. her dad. Uh, and that, that, that was, you know, that was square between, um, between Enterprise and, uh, original uh, and the original series, series I thought. Um, it was a nice little self-contained episode, uh, I, I, I thought it was a, it was a little patchy in places, but then you know if, if you looping time stuff, it's going to be the humor. I thought was was strong in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the they they got the balance right. Um, I just now I can't decide what I'm making of of the Mad Lieutenant because he, I mean, they're signposting. In a in a huge huge way to you know oh yeah the main story is going to be about him and he's you know he's a mental or it's not him or some other issue with him, mm-hmm. um, but I kind of I'm beginning to warm to him now and it's horrible to know that at some point almost certainly he'll either be dead or in the alternative we'll have the original one back and if you've forgotten he's an asshole yes so. Um, I'm, yeah, that's a little bit, it's a little bit weird, a bit weird. But no, it, it's a it was a strong episode for the purposes of you know taking a, a break from the, the Klingon War and from um, the the darker side of Lorca. I was actually quite pleased to see less of uh, Jason Isaac in in this episode. Although, hello to him, of course. Um, the 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 CG elements of this were were reasonable they didn't take you sort of too far out of it i do want to talk in a, in a little while about more generally um an issue to do with the streaming of the show uh, which i'll come back to but no on, on balance it was it was a solid enough episode um i 
I liked it more than I thought I was going to in the first few minutes. Yeah. Uh, as I noted before, there have been episodes where there's definitely been big moments or heavy elements that was like, oh, this does feel like Star Trek. But this is kind of the first episode where it was sort of like from beginning to end, it felt like something more akin to Star Trek. I mean, obviously they're using uh, the entire concept from another Star Trek episode. Uh, they did they did a time loop in TNG, and I think they did an Enterprise episode as well, where mm-hmm. there's a time loop, but I think cause and effect is the more famous. That's the one with uh, Kelsey Grammer yeah. uh, was in that as a, as a captain of a much older ship. And this one, I, I like, there's bits about it I liked, and I mean, obviously they tried to do it a little bit differently. Like, there is clearly that this show has no problem with skipping uh, past things. Uh, in fact, one of the first things we're told in this episode when it starts is the war's been going on for a while, and thanks to us, we've been winning, so we're having a party. Like, we haven't seen any of this, really. Uh, I mean, they've shown us. You know, they've shown us that the ship can spore drive in and then pew, 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 and blow up ship, you know, blow up Klingon ships, which, you know, is is really enough for your mind to think like, oh, they've done this probably a bunch of times and it's helping it's them like win. A, it's a weird jump as it is. It's the whole thing about sci-fi is you never, you know, you, you've never been on the TARDIS on the day that they're doing the laundry. Sure, sure. Yeah. You know? <laughs> when nothing is happening. Yeah. Uh, although they're talking about like big things happening, like battles and things like that. Now, to be fair, they did this in Deep Space Nine at times as well during mm. the Dominion War, when you just don't have budgets to do giant space battles every single week. So, you know, they'll just be like, things are going bad and we're not winning as much. And you don't see a lot of that stuff happening. A lot of that war is happening off camera. Although I will say that by that time, that show had built up many seasons of goodwill and lots of character arcs. So it's sort of just. It feels very rushed for them to... It just feels weird to start a show in the middle of a war. Uh, or or at the very beginning of a war. And then to not see very much of it. it they, I mean, especially, they, especially when they're saying that it is down to that ship that they're winning. Yeah. And they, That's kind of weird. And they do, they do bring it up, but we've seen so little battling, it doesn't really feel like there is a war at all. Uh, and you rarely ever hear anybody talk about it other than you get those moments with Lorca where he's like, you know, we're trying to win a war. But outside of that, uh, it really, sometimes you just forget it's even happening or it's supposed to be a part of the story. Uh, and I guess without like two or three seasons of buildup where it's like, oh, they're he- they're headed towards war and we know the tensions are tight. Uh, we never kind of really got any that so it does feel a little strange to me uh i to the point uh you mentioned about the time crystal Mm. it's even weirder that they went with such a non star trekky explanation everything Uh, about it was non-star trekky it looked like it 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 looked like it come from the the universe as well for a start because it's the whole you know either that or you know maybe Leela got an upgrade, but there was that sort of element to it, but it, it, nothing about it made sense. It was just the, it was the weird bit of dialogue that dealt with it. The exposition where she said, blah, blah, blah. Oh, so it must be a time crystal. Oh, that's any kind of, ah. all right. Okay. And we, we've heard that they degraded and so, you know, there's like a paragraph 
on that script that says, yeah, here's what time crystals are. Good, let's move on. Yeah, yeah, and I, I kind of expect a bit better from Star Trek, if I'm honest. I was just really hoping... I mean, it didn't have to be techno babbly, but maybe like a name that didn't sound so... 80s video game, yeah. Sure, sure, yeah. Like uh, something a kid would have thought up while playing a time travel game or something like that. Mm. Uh, it's made even weirder by the fact that he, he has a a time crystal, whatever that is, but they go out of their way to explain that what he uses to blow the ship up is an anti-murium reaction, which is a ridiculously deep cut from an episode of Next Gen called Night... Do you remember Night Terrors? The one where I do. Troy is dreaming they're caught in a Tykins rift? Yeah. And it's not even like a deep... It's not even like a deep cut from like that part. It's like a deep cut from when they mentioned the Tykins rift and like it was discovered by this guy who used this stuff that he happened to have in his cargo bay. Uh, it's such a crazy, weird, like they, they're willing to go that deep for like a reference, but then they're like, so what is he using to time travel? I don't know. Let's just call it a time crystal. Like they just <laughs> like, there's so many things in Star Trek that you could probably come up with or has been mentioned before that you could have used, but maybe they just felt like they used up all their, their, uh, their deep cuts credit on, uh, on what mud used for the explosion. But uh, for people who didn't like, uh, who don't like Gabriel Lorca, there was basically like a, like a compilation video of Mud killing him over and over again. Which oh, that was a beautiful little scene, wasn't it? I mean, the best one is really like when he beams him into space. Yeah, yeah. it's clearly the best one. But um, yeah, they. I think he said that he had killed him fifty something times. Yeah, uh, we got to see uh, everybody in a party atmosphere uh they were for ben i don't know if you're aware of this but they were playing the wyclef jean remix of mm. staying alive they were indeed which is yeah. I, I guess uh ironic uh <laughs> that they died repeatedly and yet come back to staying alive the song i guess that's one of those writer things right the those clever writery puns uh, that they yeah. put into the show. Uh, it was just uh, fun fact for um, British TV fans: the ongoing um, drama soap EastEnders. Uh, if you listen to the music that plays in the, oh, I don't know what it's called now, the little cafe place um, in the background, almost always it has a direct reference to something in the plot line, as in like a foreshadowing oh, or something totally in the later gotcha. part of the episode. And that show has been running for decades, and they do it every time. <laughs> Just yeah, FYI. so I'm just, I'm uh, I'm okay. I'm I'm okay with that. Uh, it was weird to see. Uh, it it is it is strange. Like, do they consider this stuff classical music? Because clearly they listened to like we heard Captain Georgiou listen to opera in her ready room on the Shenzo. And, and but they're the, having a party, aren't they? Those two episodes. I guess you don't listen. To, although, look, we've had parties on Next Gen, and it's just violins and cellos. Mm, that's or, true. Sometimes Riker playing jazz. It's it's that's the disco we heard um, tale of I think you see on those t-shirts last week. Right. That is that is true. Mm. I wonder if that oh, so I wonder if that is considered like classical music. That would be it is weird. I mean, and they look they've established this stuff with the JJ movies too. That modern our current modern ish music is like a thing that extends into future Star Trek, and, and it makes sense that it would to some degree but it just feels like so much of that music is throwaway music that doesn't hold up over time but whatever well are you uh, saying something that Wyclef had his hands on would just you know ultimately end up being disposable crap 
He's <laughs> Wyclef. He's not Will I Am. That's true. That's true. I do confuse those sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is we get so we get like uninhibited kind of drunk Tilly, which she seems way less nerdy when she's wasted. Yeah, uh, and I do sort of like that uh, that scene where Burnham, because she's like telling Burnham to, you you know, he really seems to like you. You should make your move, and she has no idea what to do because she's never dated anybody, and she's you know, Tilly's like, well, you know, what did you do with like your other boyfriends? And she's like, I don't know. What have you done with yours? And then we learn that Tilly has apparently had a lot of boyfriends, maybe? Mm-hmm. Like, she kind of goes on. She goes through phases or whatever. She's on, like, a musician's phase. There was definitely a suggestion that she she's, a, you know, madly in search of cock. And actually, it didn't really take much for um, Stamets to say to, you know, to, to get rid of her by simply saying, oh, there's a, a fit bloke over there who's uh, in a band. Ooh, off you go. <laughs> yeah. um, and she was there. Yeah. She was there. Uh, uninhibited, though, uh, I feel like is the. the I'm guessing the this was before the, on, uh, you know, the onset of um, synthahole use. I, you would imagine, I guess. Mm. Um, also, I, all of the A shift on that ship were at that party. It's a perpetual problem with Star Trek, isn't it? Mm-hmm. They need to do. They need to do like a parallel series that is just the 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 B shift. Yeah, I mean that's what, what like, are those Orville guys is, essentially. I was going to say, isn't that like the Orville is kind of is kind of like that. <laughs> I can't, actually can't wait to talk about this week's episode. I know. I was, yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah, I, I actually Same liked here. it. I want to talk about it as well. I actually liked it a lot better than than this episode yep. of Discovery. But me too. <laughs> um, so I like the I like the episode. I like Stamets. I like that scene with uh, where Stamets slow dance or teaches uh, Burnham how to how to dance. Mm. Uh, they have like the uh, and I and I like that the whole like him getting them together is. Like it's it's done for a reason. Like he's got to do it to get him to earn his trust to help him stop mud because he's the only one. Every time this circles around, he's the only one who remembers. Yeah. Uh, so he's sort of like building up information and helping like her get closer to him, so he will trust her when the time is finally right for them to do something about this. Uh, I I liked all of that. I like that that made. Uh, some sense and then I like that they sort of hit the reset button after all of it they don't really remember that they did any of those things and Stamets is the the only one who who does uh, obviously so yeah I liked it I liked uh, they had some goofy design choices like mud wearing I think what was supposed to be an Andorian space helmet it was yeah yeah which is uh, which was really kooky I don't think they ever explained how he got his shuttle or whatever inside of the Gormagander. Uh, I don't know if they ever even really explained how he was able to escape the Klingon prison ship. He did say that, like, that little spidery guy he had with mm-hmm. him a couple episodes back. Stuart. Like, what, he has a name? No, oh, not, not his pet, you mean. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, he had, like, a little spidery bug. Yeah, Stuart. His name was Stuart. Yeah. I forgot that he had a name. He helped him escape, apparently. Although I don't imagine how that's possible. Um, so they just they kind of just wave their finger around a little bit, and it's like, ah, he escaped, and he somehow got his ship inside of a space whale, and as you do, a lot of that stuff sounds 
it's really ridiculous and they didn't really try to explain any of it. Uh, how he even ended up with the time crystal. Like, they explained that he had robbed a Betazoid bank, mm-hmm. uh, presumably with the time crystal. Like, at first I thought, like, that's where he got the time crystal from. No, he used it. Certainly. He used it because Betazoids can read your mind. So if he had infinite chances, eventually he would get through and get in or whatever. Um, but I never really explained where he got it from. So there's like a lot of just not explaining of he just has it. Although Mud was kind of that way in the original series too. Yeah. Like he just showed up on an episode and he has robot women. Obviously. And uh, and the time before that he had like a magic drug that made older women look younger or whatever. Was yeah, which, I think we should start asking this question: Was Mud a pimp in the original series? He, uh, he had he that was always sort of styling, women. didn't he? Yeah, and he was always with women, and it always seemed like he was trying to like pedal the women off to people. I think he's. Were robot I think he's just a creep. Maybe he's just a creep. A wibbly wobbly, timey wimey yes. creep. Um. There was so much weirdness that I just, I don't know, if you start thinking about it too long, it really falls apart quickly. I would be pleased if um, Stella's father kept his promise to the Federation at this stage, at the oh, end of that, the, to, to keep Harry Mudd the hell away from Starfleet now. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Because, well, yeah. for about a decade. Yeah, we had it. Well, that's true, yeah. But we had a bit of fun. Um, now, off, off you fuck. Um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I do kind of like the uh, the ending was a very Star Trekky, especially like original series ending. Uh, yes, where they're like, no, 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 that that message you sent to the Klingon thing that was that was a false message. Uh, really, because I re- you- I rewired the captain's chair and a and a toaster and um, yes. and my electric toothbrush and somehow that that all worked. And we're giving you we're. I mean, now, granted, you did break out of a pre, uh, a prison ship. You endangered an endangered space whale. You hijacked a Federation starship, uh, exploding it many times, killing although, its crew. Al- although you also gave us a really cool idea for gesture control for the site-to-site transporter. So for that, <laughs> we thank you. Yes, thank you for that idea. Yeah. Uh, and, and instead of turning you over to the authorities, we are turning you into the custody of your soon-to-be wife and her father. The old is, ball and chain, hey, hey, Which is totally like an original series ending. Yeah. And I do have to give them props for that. It makes no sense why they didn't arrest him and put him in, like, on a Federation penal colony or something. And the, like and the, se- the sexual politics of it are a bit 1950s, but yeah. Yeah, good. a little bit. <laughs> but it totally fits with, like, the original series. Like, they would do that. Like, oh, yeah. you stick mud with his wife. He hates her. That that'll that'll show him. Uh, that was a good. That was a pretty good ending. Uh, what would you? Uh, if you have any other thoughts, uh, I'd love to hear them. But if not, what would you give? Uh, magic to make the sanest man go mad. I'm going to give it three and three quarters on the basis that um, it would have scored higher. But you've got to come back a long way to get back from time crystal being the term you use right at the start of it. <laughs> I did. I did enjoy. Um, I did enjoy. Uh, God, what was the one I liked the most? Choose Your Pain was my favorite episode thus far this season. This wasn't. Uh, this wasn't quite there. I mean, I had fun. I enjoyed it. I gave it three and three quarters too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but eh, I mean, 
There's some stuff that I just, I don't know. There, there's some things that I... Time Crystal, I mean, is kind of like a, an annoyance. But it's really one of those things where it's just like, Time Crystal? That's what you went with? You run out of ideas or something? All right. Well, we're moving on. Uh, but it was really some of that other stuff. Like, how did he end up there? How, how did he get in the space whale again? Where does this Time Crystal thing come from? Like, he just showed up and he had all these things. Uh, and it was just weird. And I feel like like Next Gen or Deep Space Nine or any of these other shows would have... I mean, maybe they wouldn't have dedicated 15 minutes to fully explaining all of it, but you would have gotten something. You would have figured something somehow. Some, someone would have given us the um, there would expositional be a dialogue to explain yeah. it in, in chunks, and they would have... I get the feeling they'd have at least tried to make it make sense. Mm-hmm. And I... Yeah, that didn't really happen here, did it? Um, I, otherwise, I otherwise I liked it in a in a series that is full of at so far at worst likable episodes, which mm. is pretty good. Uh, so far, I haven't seen anything that have, that's made me just go. Ugh. So no, I'm okay. That's true. Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, before uh, before we talk about next week's episode, uh, let's talk about this week's episode of the Orville, <laughs> which. I thoroughly enjoyed this was so this was um Penny Johnson from Deep Space Nine. Uh she's Dr. Finn on this episode. It was her, her kids, and Isaac, the, the android or robot or whatever. Uh and they did one of those so it was very evocative, a little bit of that uh that episode of Voyager where Tuvok gets stuck with some kids. Do you remember that? Yeah, one? yeah. It's it, I I thought it was a sort of uh, well, let's be generous and say homage to that one. Yeah, yeah. It felt very evocative of that, but uh, they did like a really good job. This was a really mm. good episode. I th- I feel like they maybe did like two real jokes that were just like joke jokes. I mean, they did, some and even diff- th- but even they didn't feel that ham fisted. Some. I mean, mm. you noticed them. They did slightly take you out of it. You go, oh yeah, it's Seth MacFarlane, isn't it? Um, but they were they were kind of fleeting. Mm-hmm. I mean, even. There were look. There's some other jokes in there, but if you are a parent or if you've ever had parents, like you would at least know that like some of those jokes are like parenting jokes, but they sort of ring true. Like they don't ring like something that mm-hmm. would take you out of it or whatever. Like when the kids are fighting in the shuttlecraft, mm-hmm. and the mom is constantly yelling back to them to knock it off, and they're like, you know, he he keeps farting. Well, stop farting. Like it was so. It's weird for like a Star Trekky like show to hear that, but I've lost track of how many times throughout the course of my life and having my own kids that I have conversations like this with my kids on a regular basis. And it is slightly more imaginative than "Shut up, Wesley." Yes, it is. Although not quite as satisfying. Those two kids were really annoying. I don't know about you, but I'm quite glad that the younger one got a you know horrible disease. Well, they did seem to. They did seem to. They did seem to chill out uh, once once shit got real for them. Yeah, and they were stuck on a planet with diseased cannibals. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I I kind of really liked it. They went with like so. Penny Johnson, her character is uh, kidnapped by this one. Like he's basically like a he's one of those like survivalist bunker dudes who've like stored up fresh water and fresh food and he's not sick and he's kept away from like everybody else. Like he's one of those guys that saw the, the apocalypse coming or whatever. And 
in like a normal Star Trekky way, you'd probably learn more about this guy. And... Or in normal Star Trek, he'd probably survive as well. He wouldn't be brutally murdered, unlike no, uh, unlike he was. She, but her kid was sick, and she needed yeah. to get to him, and he wasn't going to let her out. And she Mama's escaped. coming, even yeah, if she, I have to brutally murder someone. She escaped any way she could. That's right. Yeah, um, she was excellent. I mean, it's one of the things I like about the show is that, um, despite and we've spoken about this a bunch of times, but um, despite the fact that it's a Seth MacFarlane thing and it could so easily have become, you know, Family Guy in space, um, his love for Star Trek is so much um, is clearly s- so much stronger than his will to to cheese it in live action, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, I'm really. There's a couple of performances, but she, she's probably the best example of an actress who, in the show, there are moments in it where you think, "Oh, this this would not be out of place in you know in in, in the regular um, Star Trek." World. Her performance in the scenes with her captor, I actually thought I found myself re- reminding myself that it was a, a kind of parody type comedy show. She was sure. she was really strong. Yeah, actually, this is and the older of the kid, the older of the two kids was was actually pretty good as well once he mm-hmm. actually although well actually there was a moment there was the pre-game being destroyed and post-game being destroyed pre-game being destroyed um i could quite cheerfully have seen um him get killed too but uh, <laughs> after, after that he was uh, he was pretty good um and i'm beginning uh, this is the other thing i'm beginning to find myself being more interested in the characters of that show the wider um supporting cast the the bridge crew and so on than I am in Discovery. I feel like I'm learning more about the characters on Discovery, but I'm finding myself in being endeared more to the characters on Orville. Yeah, I don't know as much about them, but I like them more. Mm. Um, and I guess some of that is by design on Discovery, where these characters aren't from the get-go designed for you to fall in love with them. Well, I think there's a reason for that. I, yes. Well, I think they're designed to evolve, but I think they're also. I think there's a slight element of them throwing a whole bunch of stuff at the wall on Discovery to see. We live in the you know post Game of Thrones TV era, and if you need to shake stuff up in a show like that, you 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 kill off um, people who aren't the red shirts. So I mean, that was a nice nod to that instantly from Mud, wasn't there? With the uh, random communications guy uh, is how he announced, uh, how he addressed one of the bridge crew, mm-hmm. um, which I, I think it really he might as well have just said future red shirt. Um, yeah. But he, uh, yeah, I, 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 I do get the feeling that, like we've seen a lot of faces very frequently on Discovery who were supposed to go, oh yeah, that's one of the bridge crew, and we don't really know anything about them. But I think that might be because they haven't yet decided which ones are going to be sticking around. Uh, and I like that they are doing like a, like Discovery has an ensemble cast, Mm. but they're not doing really an ensemble show, whereas Orville really is. Like this had almost no Seth MacFarlane or no Bordas or like any of the other major bridge crew. This was almost a completely Dr. Finn and, uh, Isaac episode. Yeah. The rest of the crew kind of pops in at the beginning and at the end and which is the, the old traditional that's the star is. trek format isn't it you know um that's what he's he's i was gonna say parodying he's not really parodying it, is it it's what he's emulating i guess it's yeah it's certainly an homage with his like twist added yeah. into it but i don't know i still feel like look there's this there's this uh this theory about donald trump that he only 
ran for president to like uh you know heighten his brand or sell books or get back at Obama for making fun of him in the White House Correspondents' Dinner. And, like, he never expected to win. But when he finally did, uh, you know, now he's, now he's like, stuck with this thing. I, I've got, like, a similar... Uh, i got a similar theory to Orville where mm. Seth MacFarlane wanted to make the Star Trek show but was afraid that Fox wouldn't let him do it unless it was, like, full of his Seth MacFarlane mm. family guy stuff. And he's slowly, slowly reducing the amount of jokes. And I'm yep. thinking, I have this weird feeling by like season two, or which by the way, the show has been, by the way, both shows have been renewed for a second season. Orville announced uh, the other day that they are getting their second season as well. Yeah. Uh, well deserved as well. I, uh, I was, yeah, I was ready to hate the show as we discussed right back at the start of this series, but yeah. I feel like he's got this plan through like by the end of the second season. It'll just be straight up Star Trek, and like all the jokes will be gone or something. Mm. Uh, is my feeling, or, or they'll be very, very, very sparse and dispersed. Did you notice the Family Guy reference? At least I took it to be a Family Guy reference in this episode. Remind me. It was right at the, it was right at the beginning. So we we got like Doctor Finn in bed, and the little kid comes up to her, and he's like, "Mom, mommy, mom, mom." Oh, I didn't mom, hear. Mom. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The whole it's the Stewie. Yeah, yeah. With the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah when yeah, yeah. she yeah. when she woke up, I half expected him to just go hi. But uh, she did not. But I, I figured that was like, oh, that's got to be like a throwback to Family Guy. That yeah, it was, wasn't it? Famous Family Guy thing that they made a million commercials about. <laughs> uh, at least they did over here. That was like the lead into Family Guy episodes. Like they'd show commercials and it would always be that clip. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the uh, I, I liked it a lot. I, I liked it more than Discovery. I mean, I... I try not to compare the two shows because outside of the fact that Star Trek Discovery is a Star Trek show and that Orville is done in the spirit of Star Trek, mm. these two shows are so different from one another. It's it's weird comparing. It, it's like uh, when somebody was trying to compare the newest Thor movie to, say, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier or something like that. It's like... Mm. Yes, these are comic book movies about comic book heroes set in the same universe even, but the styles and the tone and everything are so different from one another, It's you can't really compare them to one another. No. Uh, it, it, what I have discovered this week is that we have at least one listener who is listening to I'm a Doctor Not a Podcast for our Orville coverage. Oh, rather really? than for our Discovery coverage, yeah. Um, Mark, who uh, used to do my Phoenix show with me. Um, well, so totally, hello to Mark. Hello. Is he is he is he listening to kind of get a gauge as to whether or not he should watch the show? Because I guess he did say that he's going to get around to Discovery soon. Um, but yeah, should he's we... he's loving the Orville right now. As am I. It is a fantastic show, and we'll love it even more when we can watch it legally here. Of course. Yes, they and they did make that announcement as well. They did. Yeah. So uh, I can't um, remember what the details were, but it it is. Is it Netflix is coming to in the UK? I can't remember. No, I think it's actually coming to a... Uh, an actual station. channel. Good lord. Yeah, I believe, I believe so. Uh, I'll look it up as we speak. The I, did, I, did, I did tweet it to you. You did. You did. Um, I, I don't remember how far back that tweet was. It though. may well be Sky. Uh, it is going to be on... Uh, f- uh, it's going to be on Fox in the UK. Okay, so yeah, if you've got Sky or Virgin Media, I think, um, then you can... Wait, so, it's 14th. On... so it's going to be on 14th of December on Fox UK. 
Starting um, probably with the first episode, I'm guessing. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah, looking at the yeah, 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 it will be. It will be. It's so strange to me that there is a UK Fox and it just wasn't airing there to begin with. It was a very odd decision. Um it, well, there's a lot of politics tied up between the whole Fox and Sky thing in the UK um, at mm. the moment in particular. So it could be that they're just being a little bit cautious about, yeah. um, you know, not being too heavily the same brand on account of uh, commissions, uh, commission for mergers and so on. Um, but yeah, we have Fox UK and it's uh, it's weird. It's that we have the same problem with Fox, I think, and with Sky, which is the content's pretty good, but the... Um, political bias and appalling business practices are something completely different so it's a little bit sad but there you go uh, um, so oh go ahead yeah well no so i was gonna say um can we talk a little bit since we're on the subject of broadcast and stuff about um the really weird position with the streaming of this show outside of the u.s because you'll remember when um, this first was announced uh, and, you know, we, we heard the various platforms it was going to be available on North America and the rest of the world. And we were quite quite giddy uh, here because, of course, it was going to be available on Netflix. And Netflix, if you have the correct combination of uh, equipment in the UK, supports 4K, uh, in fact, 4K with HDR. It also supports 1080 with HDR as well, slightly confusingly, but there you go. Um and it's a bit odd. I can't quite get to the bottom of this. So when I watched this, uh, when I watched the, the, the original double episode, uh, episode pilot, I am certain um, that, not least of which because the TV had, the, you know, when it changes modes and you see the resolution displayed in the top corner, um, the TV was showing it as 4K, and it was definitely HDR. And, um, it, I mean, upscaling's good, but it ain't that good. It must have been in 4K HDR. I was then annoyed a couple of days later because I went back to rewatch it, um, and I just put it down to maybe we were having bandwidth problems or something else, but it didn't look quite right. It didn't. The HDR seemed there, but the the image quality seemed um, lower. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, to the point where the last couple of episodes, it's got a um, compression artifacts and uh, and a sort of haze to it, which kind of nostalgic look actually to it because the way it upscales, <laughs> it creates the same sort of. Um, you know the sort of 80s 90s American TV filter you know the kind of everything's sure. through a slight fog um, sure. so uh, so anyway so I, I started looking into it and the um, the situation is I don't know how they managed to do that in fact I'm suspecting it may even have been a fuck up seeing as they now seem to be trying to suggest oh no we didn't do that um, I think Netflix uh, may have had some issue on the first couple of episodes but they do not have i can confirm this they do not have the 4k broadcast rights for this show um so it is now being broadcast either in 1080 in which case our tv is doing an awesome upscaling job um or it's uh possibly in 2k um again you know still not a bad upscale but you can definitely see it and the problem is it, it it's almost a bit distracting because I mean, you remember how much I raved about how how good the quality of it was um, for the uh, for the first two episodes. I do, yes. Yeah, and it 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 now feels it, it does feel much much worse. Um, now the the next thing I thought of was, well, okay, so I want to watch this in in 4K. I've had a taste of that. I, I now need to see this in 4K. Um, and there's no broadcast in 4K, uh, certainly not in the UK or the US. Um, I, I, I don't think there is anywhere in the world at the moment. Um, the the only option will be the UHD HDR supporting Blu-ray um, 
for which there is no slated release for the first season yet. Um, I'm sure, you, you know, by the time you've pressed uh, publish on this, it will immediately appear and then people can go, yes, it is, it's on this date. In which case, email me directly and tell me about it. Um, yep. But yeah, as, as it was when I looked it up, there is no uh, date for that. Um, which is, it's kind of disappointing because, I, I mean, they've obviously, they've, they've shot it in, this you know in, in, in an awesome resolution with with um with, with the sort of show that really benefits from that sort of quality and yeah. and to make it unavailable across the board um in that format even you know no deals were done with any of the pay services so you can't pay for an episode of it what you know post release in hdr uh, sorry in, in 4k i don't know it just seems like a missed opportunity um when it does come out on Blu-ray, of course, depending on how soon it is, um, you've got the other problem, which is, you know, uh, 4K HDR supporting Blu-rays are, you know, you, you're not tripping over them right now. Uh, even nope. in, you know, even in Best Buy, you've got to spend a little while looking for it. Same here in, um, you know, PC World Curries or whatever. Um, the bizarre thing is, of course, if you've got an Xbox One S, despite the fact that it's a PlayStation technology that rather weirdly supports Blu-ray, the PS4 Pro does not uh, support nope. the 4K HDR Blu-ray. So I, I guess what I'm bitching about really is the fact that, you know, we've had this little taste of what this ought to look like at a time when it is not only currently impossible to find it in that format anywhere, but also it's not even possible... Um, to you know to pre-order the the season discs i gather yeah. as well from a couple of canadian friends of mine that the um cbs uh um uh, pay-per-view uh, sorry on demand service uh, i can't remember what it's called um the, the one CBS that all access that's the one yeah the one that yeah. originally lives on apparently the streaming from there is horrendous i've not okay so i've not had any problems with it until i tried to watch the this episode that we just talked about mm. where I got like a lot of buffering and things like that. And by the way, I'm actually not positive about the specifications, but I think I read somewhere that it is only streaming at 720p. What? Like, I don't, CBS or Action? Or yes. That's I could, horrendous. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but well, I think that's I read true. Somewhere. I mean, that's, I mean, the thing is in, in the kind of new, um, digital media age that's 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 the sort of thing that's the equivalent of you know when you try and kill a show off by shifting around a schedule isn't it mm -hmm. um if you if you put something on a pay-per-view service out there that you know supports a higher resolution and a higher quality um especially for something sci-fi i mean you know that's where the people who spend money on tvs and stuff you know might live you'd oh, to put it out in 720 is just unforgivable <laughs> I mean, it's fine for my phone, but, uh, you know, it's, it doesn't look, I mean, it doesn't look awful on my TV, but eh, it's not as good as it could look either. Although I could be wrong. I could be wrong. It, it may be streaming at 1080. I mean, I, and obviously when you're streaming, you're also dealing with compression and mm -hmm. uh, artifacts and stuff. I mean, no matter how good your connection is, sure. there's always going to be compression and junk. So I'm, you know... I'll uh I'll get to fully enjoy the show when the Blu-rays come out. And don't forget when yeah when that happens. Don't forget this is um one of the few scenarios where people are getting really angry with their 4K Blu-ray things. So if you have a 4K capable Blu-ray player um, that supports HDR as well, 
and you're hooking it up to your television using the wrong type of HDMI cables. There are grades of HDMI cable, and normally that stuff oh, is yeah. nonsense. For these, the wrong type simply doesn't support um, full 4K with HDR. So if, if you're looking at it and thinking this is not what it ought to be and not what I thought I was paying for, just check your cable and make sure you've got the right speed cable. For sure. Uh, all right, so that's going to be a wrap on this week's episode, but we implore you to go to cinemageekly.com, check out the archives of the show, find us on... Now, Ben, you're going to have to clear, me, clear this up for me. I've <laughs> For years, I've been saying iTunes, but everybody now says Apple Podcasts. So should we just make the switch and just say... Apple Podcasts from now. Nobody says iTunes anymore. iTunes used to be how you would yeah. get like all of the podcasts, but they sort of since they've done the separate app and everything, they've had it for years. It's horrible I've, as well. I'm, I'm not an iOS fan in any it. event, but it's just <laughs> ghastly. No, I um, don't use it. I, I <laughs> but everybody does. Uh, all the other shows I'm listening to now, they all say Apple Podcasts. Yeah, I mean, so. or you know, go out and. Buy an Android device and get it on Pocket Cast or Acast or something, will you? I mean, I still, I'm still using Pocket Cast for all of my podcasts. So I, I just started using Acast, um, but I, I'm only playing around with it because it uh, is compatible. Oh no, I haven't turned off the microphone on. It's compatible with the ever listening device in the corner of the room. Um, she they listens. Say. She, we can't say her name. Yeah, um, yeah she. Uh, what is it they call her on the Twit Network? Um, Madame A. Madam A yeah. in the corner is listening. Um, I mean, I can say Alexa because I don't have one. There we go. Yeah, I've, I've got my cans on, so it's good. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, well, so, I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of it. Pocket Cast is still brilliant. And if you're an Android um, person and you're uh, outside of the US, particularly where there's no um, Google Play music podcast service, mm-hmm. uh, is, that still, is that still a thing? Is that is that happening still? Google Play? Absolutely. I hear yeah. people plugging that all the time as well. Although I don't think it's quite picked up as much steam as, say, like uh, Apple Podcasts. Mm. Have. So, uh, so uh, let's let's just uh, let's just say this: uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music and any other podcast catcher slash app that carries fine podcast selections. Uh, you can just search for "I'm a Doctor, Not a Podcast" and hit the subscribe button. Ben, next week is going to be the ninth episode of Star Trek with a Latin title. Yeah. I believe the first one was, unfortunately enough, Sub Rosa, which uh, I'm pretty sure was the Dr. Crusher Sleeps with a Candle Ghost uh, episode. (laughs) Nice summary, yeah, pretty much. But there's like a lot of Voyager ones, like Ex Post Facto Non Sequitur. Uh, there's a lot of them. I think the last one was an Enterprise one, Box Sola. Uh, this one, though, because it's Star Trek Discovery, it means it's a long episode title. Ooh. Much longer than, say, like... I'm a doctor, Rosa. not a podcast. Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're kind of following in our footsteps. Yeah. I really shouldn't complain that much, because we probably have the longest titled Star Trek podcast uh, <laughs> in existence. That I'm pretty sure that's a fact. So we probably. will return uh, next week for Star Trek Discovery Season 1, Episode 8 called Sivis Pakem Parabellum. If you want peace, prepare for war. 